Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A Rainmaker Incorporated. Hello and Aaron Gobra. Welcome to the St. Patrick's Day 2023 edition of Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson. Uh, as they call me, Patty uh, McMullen, maybe from uh, the University of Notre Dame, Dulac, Fighting Irish. Uh, I'm Irish in my heart, if not in my DNA. But do we have a great St. Patrick's Day show for you? Uh, we tried to get as much green on the screens this week as we could, but we were stymied by a lot of news from banks, from Silicon Valley to New York City to the wonderful, beautiful country of Switzerland. Those have been front and center, and we will uh, go over those uh, later on in our show and, and catch you up. But uh, we've had a wild week uh, coming off losses last week. We've had a mix of green and red. Um, the market hopefully may have turned a little bit of a corner midday Wednesday where we uh, finished lower in the Dow and S&P, but NASDAQ eked out again, and of course yesterday, we bounce back as I think more and more financial participants in the U.S. will reveal they may not have as much exposure to Credit Suisse as was feared. And also the news that the uh, Swiss Central Bank will come in and prop up Credit Suisse to the tune of about $54 billion uh, did take some anxiety off investors' shoulders. Now, rates have been a little bit wild. The 10-year um, you know, went out on Wednesday at about 3.49, up almost 100 basis points. Um, I should say, you know, up almost a tenth of a percentage point to uh, 3.85 on Thursday, as markets did have a rip-roaring comeback uh, led by the tech sector, which tends to like lower rates more than other stocks. But let's be clear, uh, the bank problem uh at least this broadcaster feels, is uh, serious for those shareholders, but it uh, probably won't turn into a systemic risk like it did in 08. Uh, it would be hard uh, to make that happen, as the Silicon Valley Bank had a uh, concentration of depositors in certain businesses that made it susceptible to this type of run, I would think. Uh, and also, uh, Credit Suisse has been a chronic uh, offender of financial accounting rules and a variety of other issues for uh, almost a decade and a half, if not longer. But with that said, we've got a great show for you lined up today, taking a look at our commodities du jour. Um, the good news is natural gas, uh, you know, it was down midweek into the 250s. Um, yesterday closed around 263.5, 264 per billion cubic feet. West Texas Intermediate was up about 1% to 6823. Uh the favorite commodity of this show as always is lumber, uh back to the mid 400s at $438 per 1000 board feet. And slowly but surely, 
live cattle is down to about $162 per 100 pounds, down about 2 or $3 uh, per price. Very quietly this week, uh, our favorite commodity, gold, up about, um, you know, uh, $45 to about nineteen nineteen uh, an ounce on the spot market, up a little bit more than that in London, and uh, definitely uh, on the move as we have had some volatility. As I said, happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, if you're going to use that dispensation uh, given by the bishop, you may want to look at uh, a tenderloin or a big uh, porterhouse instead of just corned beef uh, and uh, corned beef uh, for your Irishness. But uh, keep listening to Financial Fridays. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the Investment Spotlight segment of our show, where we will take a deeper dive into investment highlights, and especially this week, you guessed it, let's talk about regional banks. Uh, <clears throat> as you could guess, regional banks have remained at the epicenter of market stress. Here's a couple things to consider. On Wednesday, Credit Suisse shares fell aggressively as continued concerns about the ongoing mismanagement of risk inside the Swiss bank intensified. And considering its largest investor, the Saudi National Bank said it would not provide further assistance due to maximum holding levels and regulatory issues inside the kingdom. As a result, the Swiss National Bank will lend Credit Suisse up to 54 billion Swiss francs to help streamline and simplify its business and meet customer needs. That's 50 billion Swiss francs, excuse me. European stocks fell materially lower uh, on Wednesday with the European stock 600 index falling nearly 3% and uh, selling pressure in Europe in the morning spilled over to the U.S. But I would say uh, Wednesday was instructive because the Dow did finish lower in the S&P but well off their lows. And the NASDAQ composite eked out a minor 0.1% gain. Uh, financials fell about 2.8% Wednesday, and energy was down almost 5.5% to the day. And West Texas Intermediate crude on Wednesday uh, hit um, near-term lows at about $68.26 uh, cents a barrel. So, um, you know, if you look at this, here's some perspectives to think about um, what's going on uh, with with banks. And, and to put it in perspective, through Wednesday, the S&P 500 bank index uh, 
was down over 15% in just one week. So the selling pressure, pressure across the banks is a classic crisis in confidence based on known issues but with unknown outcomes. And if you look at our fractional reserve banking system, truthfully, folks, our entire banking system is built on confidence. Uh, with the backup in rates last year, steep losses across bonds in 2022, and a decade-plus environment of near zero interest rates, banks took duration risk in their portfolios to generate yield. That means they went out longer term. Today, investors are concerned that the mismatch in asset duration against deposits, which we are all learning are far less sticky than a year ago, could create unknown risk and knock-on effects in other areas of the bank. As a result, investors are taking a sell-first, ask-questions-later approach, increasing fear and anxiety across the sector and broader market. But we'll stress that the financial system remains well-capitalized and the assets held against bank deposits are mostly government bond instruments like U.S. Treasuries uh, and agencies. So to be crystal clear, uh, the fear this week is not centered on some exposure to an exotic asset like centralized or collateralized mortgage obligations with 14 times leverage and embedded counterparty risk like 08. Instead, we are talking about primarily long-dated, ultra-safe U.S. government bonds that banks use to match against deposits before rates unexpectedly increased. Unfortunately, the mismatch created paper losses for banks, which regulators and investors are now just beginning to understand the scope of in full. Uh, and while higher yields have incentivized more deposit movement compared to recent years, and investors are paying closer attention to the types of deposits uh, banks cater to, uh, asset strength across the U.S. financial system is not an issue, in my view. Uh, now, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury and FDIC took actions on Sunday, and that should help stem contagion risk and help depositors feel confident in the financial system. Uh, investors obviously have not felt the same way over recent days and based on pricing action across the banks, particularly in the smaller regionals. Um, the recent failures of both SVB and Signature Bank have market participations uh, have market participants a little bit fearful. That said, it would be unwise for regulators to let larger regional banks continue to undergo stress and volatility we've seen over extended period. And what we think might happen is regulators or companies themselves may need to take further actions to ensure the financial system remains on solid footing and banks retain, remain solvent. Um, you know, potential things that could happen and uh, regulators could take is a, uh, you know, they could stop allowing bank stocks to be shorted by investors and traders like in 08. Um, you know, companies themselves also have several levers they can pull to help remain solvent, including initiating capital raises sooner than later. And then, uh, you know, also, basically, I think what we're going to see is all eyes will focus on the Federal Reserve meeting next week. Because as I said at the open of the show, I think probably the biggest news this week is that we had two inflation reports indicating that uh, inflation has continued on a little bit of its longer-term uh, trend lower, which we feel, uh, or I feel on this show, uh, is much more important than uh, banks that have a, um, you know, should we say, 
overindulgence in certain types of borrowers, or I think they they call that in the banking business, you've got kind of a, a risk as it pertains to uh, a lot of specific investors. Uh, that isn't as big of a risk in the long run for the economy as higher inflation. Keep listening to Financial Fridays. We will be back after a word from our sponsors. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. This is your host, Drew Watson, and this is the financial planning segment of the show where we will take a deeper dive into financial planning topics that are all important um, and definitely, most definitely, what we want to look at today is the importance of knowing how safely and uh, soundly your uh, bank is being operated given the uh, events of the last uh, seven days. Uh, as you may be aware, over the weekend, the Federal Reserve effectively lifted uh, FDIC deposit um, insurance limits to be unlimited from $250,000 per tax ID number, uh, good for the next 12 months. Uh, now, one thing that will more than likely come out of this debacle is that I'm sure the Federal Reserve will be sending uh, both overt and covert messages to banks that they need to start raising rates on deposits. Some of the flight out of the bank that happened was the fact that probably SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, was not paying a high enough rate to keep deposits that bank customers that were savvy running multi-billion dollar tech companies uh, could figure out they could make more money in a money market treasury fund than they were in their checking account. So I'm sure this will be a net uh, bonus for depositors. But ways that you can check on the safety and soundness of your bank, uh, first and foremost, I think it depends on whether or not um, you are in one of two camps. If you're in the camp that, hey, everything goes well, I have nothing to worry about, well, you can uh, ask for their uh, a copy of their last uh, examination review and take it for what it's worth. If you, uh, like me, sometimes wear a tinfoil cap uh, and are on the lookout for black helicopters, you may want to do a, a little bit more digging than just kind of looking at how well uh, they came out of their last exam. Uh, this is because, one, it depends uh, how is your bank examined. 
Uh, I would say this based on personal experience. I was chairman of a bank for about six years. An OCC-regulated bank, which is a national bank, uh, has much – has the highest rigor of examination standards, uh, especially – the you know, versus those of, say, a state-chartered bank. So the OCC is going to put a uh, institution through a much more uh, difficult, uh, rigorous test each examination period than one that's chartered through the State Department of Financial Institutions. That's been my experience. Secondarily, uh, a lot of FDIC exams um, are more so a phantom uh, look at the reports sent in by the primary regulator as opposed to boots on the ground actually looking at loans and such at a bank. So what is a normal depositor to do? Well, one, if you have big deposits at a bank, uh, I would watch the news on what happens on this FDIC insurance uh, limit closely. I, I don't know that we will be getting into a permanent um, uh, unlimited amount of insurance as m probably more than likely the argument for moral hazard um, would outweigh keeping that insurance in place. And secondarily, what you can do is actually get online and just Google and look up what's called a uniform bank performance report. Um, this UBPR, uh, you can access the most recent report, put in the name of your bank, where the main office is located, and you will have more information uh, at your fingertips than most people that even work at the bank because essentially uh, their financials get updated every quarter. Uh, you know, all that information is up to date to the last quarter that's happened. You can go back and look at historical information. But I would say this, you want to look at, if you want to avoid what happened with, with the Silicon Valley Bank, is you can actually take kind of a snapshot into the bank's uh, portfolio of government bonds. Uh, you, the longer the maturities on their government bonds, that means the more unrealized losses that portfolio more than likely has. Uh, but really, that doesn't kill most banks, as I'll kind of answer later in the show, as that's usually a smaller part of the balance sheet for banks. And usually, and historically up until this failure, most other bank failures f happen because of problems with loans. So uh, as I said at, at, the, at the top of the show, you know, let's don't take this uh, bank failure to be the most important thing in the room, uh, as we still believe inflation is. But loans and the health of loans, which those are bank assets, are more important to the safety and soundness of a bank 90% um, of the time than their investment portfolio. So the way you can examine that is look at what percent of bad loans the bank has and look at what the trend is. If their performance or their percentage of bad loans has stayed and, – and, and also, by the way, every bank's going to have people that don't pay them. That's just human condition. It's not that they're bad people, but as you know, there can be a myriad of small disasters that affect people individually, and banks understand that, and they provision money back for people that can't pay. But if the trend is that the amount of loans they have that have soured and people have not paid them as agreed continues to increase, especially versus their peer group, which you can evaluate on this report, then that would be a red flag. Uh, also, if their 
loans aren't necessarily bad now, but their delinquency rate is increasing. If that bank is making additional uh, contributions to their allowance for loan and lease losses, that would be a tip-off that they are expecting potentially bad news to be coming right around the corner uh, from one quarter to the next. Now, uh, if a bank is very prudent, they may be making uh, additional provisions for loan and lease losses because of the economic condition in general. I think those used to be the FASB 114 rules, uh, as well as provisions they can make for loans that they know uh, have specific detriments or uh, deficiencies where they may be seeing customer X isn't going to be able to pay us because we know he's been in a car wreck and hasn't been able to work for six months. So with that said, evaluating the healthy or the health of a bank's loan portfolio, I believe is much more important than evaluating the health of their investment portfolio. So keep that in mind when evaluating your banks. There again, you can Google it. It's the Uniform Bank Performance Report, and all that information is available online. Keep listening right here to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. We'll be back with our Q&A segment where we will take a deeper dive into this last week's collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the email bag segment of our show where we answer your questions uh, with regards to financial matters. And boy, oh boy, this week it has been an easy question to, uh, to answer. Remember, you can always email me your questions to William.A.Watson at ampf.com that is apple mike paul frank.com and boy oh boy the questions this week have to do uh, not with st patrick's day as i thought uh, when i was planning this show out about a week ago it has to do with banks bank problems uh banks going under uh just uh, a few items that we deal with on a uh, um, monthly basis here. But as we know, uh, it's been a while since we've had major bank failures in the United States. You have to go back to the heady days of 2008 and 2009. And essentially what is uh, 
gone on with a bank, you know, the questions have been, how does this happen? You know, how, how does it happen? So to put a back backstory, so banks this size, such as uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, would um, definitely be under the auspices of having multiple regulators, uh, both from probably the office of the comptroller of the currency, uh, since they are a large national bank, and also with uh, probably the FDIC. A lot of times the FDIC will do what's called a, it's really a euphemism, a, a concurrent uh, examination. That means that kind of whatever the main regulator says they'll go along with. Uh, but I bet going forward, uh, actually, there's probably going to be some uh, shoes on the ground um, when it comes to uh, FDIC exams. But essentially, uh, a bank that size would have at least a couple of regulators that are in quite frequently uh, examining the bank, meeting with management, um, going through a litany of tests to uh, evaluate the safety and soundness of the institution. And along with that, uh, banks that size would be required to have an independent internal auditor so think a big, giant CPA firm uh, with lots of initials uh, and an external auditor, uh, a separate CPA firm with lots of initials as well, uh, that audit the books. Not to mention that more than likely, there is probably uh, at least one and maybe more or even a whole raft of asset liability consultants that come in and have started a cottage industry uh, with the bank to kind of tell them how they can be operating and make more money. So uh, that's along with the very competent and highly paid professionals that the bank has on the payroll that are supposed to be doing their job. So how does a disaster of this happen? Uh, well, you have to remember that when you're thinking as the bank, uh, the world is reversed. So what is a normal customer's deposit? is actually a bank's liability. And, you know, there are two types of deposits. There's demand deposits, like checking and savings accounts that you can come in and get to unfettered with no penalties. And then there are time deposits, which are otherwise known as CDs, that have some type of length of time before they mature. And then when you're in the bank, other people's loans to you are your assets. And then the other type of asset that you have is uh, what's considered to be uh, by government rules, very safe uh, U.S. government debt, so treasury bonds and bills and or agency debt. And uh, depending on the size of your bank and different tax issues, you are allowed to own a very specific amount of tax-exempt bonds uh, given the safety of your balance sheet, the uh, size of your balance sheet, etc. And this is often done for tax efficiency issues. Uh, now, most banks, and by most, probably well over 90 to 95% of banks, uh, their balance sheet consists of about probably 60 to 65% or more of loans as their assets, and the remaining, you know, bonds and, and cash, et cetera, uh, so that's about 30, 35%. Uh, this bank that failed, Silicon Valley, had a uh, two things kind of going against it. One, uh, it's asset uh, book was predominantly government securities 
and it had very little loans because their customer base was much different. They catered to venture capital companies that typically obtain their funding through uh, people willing to take a lot of risk on Wall Street, uh, putting money into the firms, and they didn't require a lot of you know, loans that most businesses typically require to start. So fast forward, uh, you know, these companies have been funded pretty well. But then last year, as the stock market kind of struggled, some of the funding that went into these types of entities began to dry up. And so these companies had to go to the bank and withdraw what was legally their deposits to help with their funding. Now, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that, but given the uniqueness of the customer base um, in this situation, a withdrawal of deposits wasn't just taking a, a thousand bucks out to go on vacation; uh, it was taking forty billion dollars out. So eventually, once the demand draws to withdraw out of demand accounts for customers reached a certain point, the bank was forced to start selling bonds out of their asset portfolio. Now, what do we know about bonds is when interest rates go up, the value of your underlying bonds go down. And also with that being said, uh, the aggregate or the average bond index last year was down 14%, but the longer the maturity you have on your bonds, the bigger the loss was. So it does appear that for about every $100 billion the bank liquidated, they lost about $19 billion or so uh, on those trades. Now, that's how a bank gets in trouble. But really, what you have to remember is all banking, as I said at the top of the show, involves a certain degree of an old confidence game. And uh, this week on Turner Classic Movies, they replay one of my favorites of all time, The Sting. And Essentially, what you're finding is that at some point, more than just one or two customers came to get their money out of the bank, and this all happened in an incredible short amount of time. Uh, years past, a run on the bank would take weeks, maybe even a month. Uh, this happened literally. This is WMI Owensboro.